Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Brian Coast of Brian Post online devotional. And for those of you that have been following along, we have been going through the book of First Corinthians, uh, nine, uh, nine, chapter nine, nineteen to twenty-three. And I'm just going to go ahead and jump in as is my custom. Paul writes, he says, "For though I'm free of all men, I've made myself a servant to all that I might win the more." And to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without the law, as without the law. Not being without the law towards God, but under law towards Christ. That I might win those who are without the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do, for the gospel's sake, that I may... Be a partaker of it with you. Emancipated from all human obligation, the Apostle Paul asserts his independence, explicitly referring to his financial freedom and ability to provide for his own needs without relying on others. In our recent devotional, we highlighted Paul's liberty from economic dependence, allowing him to fearlessly proclaim the truth without concern for offense or the risk of losing support. Interestingly, despite proclaiming his freedom, Paul willingly embraces the servant role. His overreaching goal elucidates this apparent apparent paradox to bring people to Christ. Paul's adaptive approach is evident in his declaration that to the Jew, he becomes a Jew. Biologically, a Jew born born, uh, in the tribe of Benjamin and a zealous Pharisee, Paul disassociates himself from these aspects when engaging with different groups. For example, he strives to assimilate when interacting with those without the law, creating opportunities to lead them to Christ. Hmm, that's not a very good Pharisee. The nuanced distinction emerges when Paul mentions becoming one under the law to win some under the law. It implies that he does not perceive himself as being under the law, but instead sees his role as voluntarily subjecting himself to it to win those under the law to Christ. Is this true, or did Paul see himself obligated in any way to the law of Moses? In other writings, we're provided with insights into his perspective on the law. One notable passage is found in the book of Galatians, where Paul emphasizes his stance on not being under the law in the traditional sense. This is what he says. He says, we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, yet we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. We also ha- have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Well, Paul asserts that justification, the act of being declared righteous before God, does not come through adherence to the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. This perspective is foundation to Paul's understanding of his relationship to the law. Paul expresses the idea that Jewish believers have died to the law through their identification with Christ's death and resurrection. Being released from the law does not mean living lawlessly. Instead, believers are called to serve in the new way of the Spirit. And this is what he says. He says, Therefore, brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. But now we have been delivered from the law, 
having died um, to what we were held by so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letters. That's found in Romans 7 verses 4 to 6. Now Paul's concept here revolves around the notion that believers undergo a spiritual transformation symbolized by their identification with Christ's death and resurrection. Now some argue that claiming freedom uh, from the law implies endorsing antinomianism or, plainly put, embracing lawlessness. However, this perspective amounts to a simplistic misrepresentation of Paul's teaching akin to a silly straw man caricature. A careful examination of Paul's letters clarifies that being released from the Mosaic law does not imply Christians live without any moral guidelines. Quite the opposite, we know uh, while no longer bound to the specifics of the Mosaic law, believers are called to live in accordance with the new way of the Spirit. This entails living under the law of the Spirit of life, a law distinct from the Ten Commandments or, uh, or of the law of Moses. It transcends and supersedes it as evidenced by Jesus' words that go beyond Moses' teachings, such as in the matters of like divorce. Well, while there's much more to delve into on this topic, exploring it further would divert us too far from the focus of the text at hand. So he goes on to say, became all things to all men. The Pharisees were one of three main Jewish groups in the first century. They were a Jewish sect known for their rigorous commitment to the Mosaic law and traditions, and they placed strong emphasis on maintaining a distinct and separate identity from non-Jews, strictly adhering to the laws and traditions outlined in the Torah. Well, Paul, by his own admission, was a Pharisee, as noted in the following passages. He writes, though I also have, though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks uh, he may have confidence in the flesh, I the more. Uh, circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. So from a Pharisaic standpoint, the adaptability displayed by Paul was seen as a departure from the strict adherence to Jewish customs that characterized the Pharisees. As described in the passage we are looking at today, Paul's actions involve adapting to different groups, cultural norms and practices, especially those without, Jewish, without the Jewish law. There's no question Pharisees in Paul's day perceived this adaptability as a deviation from the Pharisaic stance because it involved setting aside at least temporarily the strict observance of Jewish customs when interacting with non-Jews. Pharisees typically avoided close interacting with interaction with Gentiles and adhered to a set of rules to maintain ritual purity. Paul's approach of assimilating with different groups to relate to them and share the message of Christ would be viewed by all Pharisees as compromising the purity and distinctiveness of the Jewish identity. From a Pharisaic perspective, this adaptability was seen as a departure from the rigid adherence to Jewish customs that they considered crucial for maintaining their religious integrity. It reflects a tension between Paul's new mission to spread Christianity across cultural boundaries and the traditional Pharisaic commitment to the exclusivity of the Jewish customs and traditions. Okay, for application. Paul's declaration of being freed from all men in the sense of financial independence teaches Christians today the importance of relying on God and working diligently to provide for their own needs. The value of financial responsibility and independence enables preachers to focus more on spreading the gospel without undue constraints. However, 
despite his freedom, Paul willingly embraced the role of a servant, highlighting the paradox of Christian leadership. The adaptability Paul displayed in becoming all things to all men is a lesson in cultural sensitivity and the willingness to set aside personal preferences to reach diverse audiences with Christ's message. Paul's teachings and other passages emphasize that believers are not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Christ. This foundational principle remains crucial for Christians today, stressing that salvation is not earned through the adherence to religious rituals or legalistic practices, but is a gift through faith in Christ.